Welcome to the Sum It Up Podcast. This is where we talk about movies, TV, games, and stuff. I am John, and I am joined, as always, by my good friend, Chris. Uh, Chris? Stuff. Uh, how you doing? Uh, I'm doing good. You know, enjoy enjoying myself. Rewatched uh, Aladdin the cartoon. Rewatched Aladdin the live action. Well, this is my first time seeing the live action. And yeah, cartoon is better. Always better. Always better. Robin Williams, R.I.P. See, I I started to say this earlier, but I think I feel like they should come out with the with the Williams cut of Aladdin and just have like the two hour solid they have of his outtakes or um, uh, like of him just rambling or ranting as uh, like just kind of doing improv as his character. It's going to be rated oh, R, though. Like you can't. It's going to be so good. They can't. They would have to. It would have to be age gated because he did go really off the cut of. I I I think I I'm I might be remembering this wrong, but like, there were some outtakes of him like swearing and doing all this stuff. But it was like, it was fun. I I don't. But I think I might be misremembering that. But how great would that be for your childhood genie to come out and just start swearing, and for Robin Williams to just shine as the genie? Uh, I, I'm I'm not saying I'm not interested. No, I'm definitely interested, but I don't. I'm I'm worried that it takes away from the genie because his performance is so solid without swearing and all that other stuff. You know? That's like fair. It, it's so clean. There are so many references to cinema in it when he's at he's he, he puts on glasses and looks like Jack Nicholas at one point. I'm like, what is this cartoon? And like I haven't seen it. I haven't seen this version. I haven't I haven't seen the anime. I say cartoon, but I haven't seen the animated version since I was a kid. So it was nice to go back. I've listened to the music before over and over, but like revisiting it after watching the remake, I just I instantly I'm like, the animated version is way better. I just want to say something that happened about a minute ago, but you said Jack Nicholas and you meant Jack Nicholson. Oh, no. Sorry. There's been a lot of golf on the television. So <laughs> Jack, Jack but Nicholas it- had COVID-19. Jack Nicholson uh, probably has a lot of other stuff in his system that is not COVID-19. Fair enough. Yes. So, speaking of comedians, uh, that flows nicely into what I want to talk about today. So this topic has kind of been on my mind a lot, um, especially in the last couple of years. And I want to kind of get your thoughts on it, see, because I feel like we both live in pretty conservative areas, and I don't want this to get super political, um, but I feel like we come from varying enough backgrounds to make this a little interesting Mm. so i want to get your thoughts on um because i I feel like especially since john stewart um took over the daily show and blossomed that into what it was uh and it has sprouted all of these other comedians and their their own talk shows i want to i want to get your thoughts on why people trust uh these comedians to give them accurate news uh more than they do uh like a traditional media outlet like let's say cnn um i don't even want to say fox because i feel like that's more entertainment as well um but cnn msnbc uh even like local news outlets i feel like are sometimes scrutinized a little bit more than this but um I, I just, I feel like, because I, I, I see people sharing, because like you and I obviously watch John Oliver a lot. Um, I'm a big fan of Stephen Colbert, even when he was on The Colbert Report. Uh, John Stewart was great. Trevor Noah is great. Samantha Bee is great. Hmm. And so I see all of these people, um, and obviously they have their own political bias when they, when they present the news, but I see all these people captivating such an audience and presenting things in such a way that is so obvious about their bias and yet so um, engaging with their audience. And there is such a level of trust there that I feel like between audience and these comedians that I just don't see a lot of times with traditional uh, news. And I, I feel like with with a lot of like local anchors, many times there's like a familiar face that you really get to know and trust that maybe you don't always connect with on the national scale. I think Lester Lester Holt is probably a, a um 
oh, that no. outlier with that. No, no, no. Like, I, I think that he is. No, he I have no like idea who very, he is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Never mind. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Um, but that's the thing. Like, you you know who these comedians are, whether they be through just their celebrity of it all or um, the shows that they have. And, and so I want to kind of get your thoughts on, like, do you see that trend kind of like I do? Or do you think the opposite? Or where, where do you kind of stand on the issue? Well, I I did grow, well, in my teens, like, I watched a lot of Daily Show. I watched a lot of Colbert Report. And I really liked uh, John Stewart. Oh, I liked Stephen Colbert more when he came out with this show. And, I, and then I just would watch Colbert Report and kind of just saw the tail end of uh, The Daily Show waiting for Colbert Report. And so that's my background in those comedians in particular. And you mentioned John Oliver. I was really into his deep dives. Not so much now because it's all about the same stuff. And it's just, I can see, you know, for me, I'm not really into the late night television uh, comedian host uh, because I do recognize with the election here in the United States, I do understand that it's on everyone's mind. And because of that, I actually can see more political framework and more framing done by people like John Oliver. I've watched less and less because I can tell like he's framing it in a certain way that doesn't hit on the the topics of what other people are saying or maybe it's not as vocal and he's you know it's it's not about like hey this is the situation how about you decide you know these are the consequences of both things it's more like this is what you should do because if not you're you know a dumbass and i don't think he means it that way but it's it's what it's going to come off to other people i still like him because he's really funny john oliver but that's where i get with these comedians but i understand why people want to listen to them more than our politicians and leaders because they're funny you know and they're at the to be a comedian you have to be a storyteller you have to have a punchline you have to have a point and that is attractive for people right now who can't trust anything and so i i imagine there's a large group of people who go to uh late night comedy hosts and i will say in my opinion that they mostly lean left and there are a lot of people in this country who are on the conservative side who will go find their voices uh somewhere else they you know some people listen to rush limbaugh some people listen to glenn beck you know some people are listening to uh, you know watching the the fox news it's like wherever you get your group think that's where people are going to go and i think you know i understand your point about you watching the late night stuff but i think that i think it's because you know I think that's what people who are in that mindset want. Like, they're maybe a little bit more left-leaning. They want comedy, and so there's your there's your choice. And that's why they're trusted. It's not a network of people. It's one person, and it feels personal. But personally, myself, I don't watch that stuff. I don't watch. Um, I don't watch. I don't watch political. Uh, these political late nights because I watch my political stuff honestly on youtube from people i've been watching mm-hmm. for a long time and uh i've just recently gotten to joe rogan and i know like he gets into minor controversies here and there i'll say for the internet point of view here in the states like because of something on twitter someone takes it out of context and it happens it happens for late night show hosts it happens for internet personalities and it happens for you know leaders you know twitter i twitter just takes things out of context for people all the time so if that's his only controversy fine i'll take it um but that's where i mostly get my like my faithful people is uh through youtube personalities and it's mostly philip defranco and joe rogan that's where i go to so now do you think that with today's and let's speak like specifically for like the american audience um do you think that most people in our environment try and seek out or or end up seeking out more of an entertainment factor to a lot of the news sources um, because it keeps their attention a bit longer because like let's be honest like when you're just watching the news if they're just presenting unbiased facts then a lot of times it can get a little boring and it doesn't yeah and it it doesn't grab you and 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 hold you as well as somebody like a comedian because like you said like there's there's a setup and there's a punchline and you can follow it and it takes you on a journey of sorts Mm -hmm. um whereas 
just with traditional media, it's it's very cut and dry. This is what it is. It is designed to be unbiased. And if they're doing their job right, they're just presenting you with facts. And facts can be boring. But opinions are what's interesting. And it's it's that spin that I feel like these late night show hosts and these comedians can give you that whether you agree with it or not, like they they can start controversy or they can present their side um they could be they could be a hero or they can be a villain it doesn't i you know when you asked about like what do you think people gravitate that because of you know it's different uh, i would absolutely say yes you know Mm -hmm. c-span is boring that's why that's honestly why people go to the the news networks you know some people watch cnn msnbc some people watch fox and you know there is spin there the only difference between that and i think with late night is that you know they spin it too but in a comedic way and sometimes it's unintentional like you know i'm i'm not saying these people are bad people because they're doing it you know i would say that the the media networks are bad people and maybe the the people who are spouting are like i'm getting paid to do this uh i'm getting paid really well to do this you know not my problem which i understand i get it i know some people might say like that's irresponsible but money talks you know welcome to america and for these people on late night you know sometimes they say something unintentional it's or it's taken on it out of context they it's content it's funny or it's because they care i think stephen colbert is one of those who personally i think he cares a lot uh about what's going on in the world so he can't help but make fun of certain things and be harsh about one one political aisle and that's his personal opinion and people go to those shows it's not like it's not like these shows are 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 forced down our throat it's a choice you know and i think that's the important thing is that people know that there are choices because i don't know about you john but you know i see one side of the aisle complain all the time like our voices are being drowned out blah 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 blah. i'm just like well look at all these voices you have on the internet that are in your corner um and then the other side of the aisle gets mad at them for saying something that's not that that might be controversial but then it's taken out of context you know i and this goes back and forth doesn't matter what style shit is just taken out of context and people roll with that you know and i'll give a specific example joe i'm gonna go to joe rogan um for this one is that you know on twitter he was getting beat up by the gaming community because he said games are addicting and they're just kind of pointless waste of time that's not how he framed framed it but i'm i'm speaking summarizing there's a point to that you know that yeah. you know if you're if you play if you do if you do three years of jujitsu which he goes back to martial arts all the time you know you might get really good you might there's there's a real world uh consequence of doing three years of jujitsu you get stronger you get healthier you might think oh i could turn this into something i can teach students i can i can open a business you know but with video games, he was making the point that you can't do that. It's a waste of time. And Twitter came, it went out on Twitter, this, the clip, and people were gamers like myself. Um, you know, some people understood, but a majority was criticism where they're getting mad at him, be like, you can't call it the addiction. Like Ninja from Twitch is getting on him too about, like, you know, there's, you can run a business on games and all that stuff. But what people don't realize is that. A month ago and i listened to this podcast uh joe rogan was talking about how he faced the addiction with video games that he his friend told him you're addicted and he has to stay away from his game room because he wasted so much time on games like quake uh which are super addicting and he was talking from personal experience and there is you could get an addiction from drugs you can get an addiction from to to alcohol you get addictions to gambling you can get addictions to video games that's true and you get addicted to anything someone could get addicted to exercising although i'd say that's a healthy addiction but sometimes you cut off relationships too much of something is is bad for you that's true across the board so with people not knowing the background they just attack them and that happens day in and day out both sides of the aisle i i don't think late night show hosts are trusted more i just think that there's an audience that trusts that that trusts them more because that's the group think they're going towards they want their news to be funny or a joke you know that's just the group that goes towards it i don't think a majority of americans are saying like i trust 
uh, this person over the leaders of our country because they're saying the political speak the the unbiased way. I don't believe that's that's true, but that's my point. What do you think, John? I mean, so then, not to like throw it right back in your face or anything, but then go ahead, throw it in my face. Uh, <laughs> I got the gloves on. You don't know if they're strangling gloves or boxing gloves. You're gonna have to guess, buddy. No, I'm kidding. So then, why? <laughs> Just gonna skim right past that. Um, <laughs> what if there's an obvious audience for for both sides, depending on your own personal view? Um, then what do you think has prevented? Uh, a lot more conservative hosts from getting just as popular of a TV show. Hmm. Uh, why do I, th- why do I think that's a thing? Why, why is someone like the well, Fox news had a bunch of, uh, sexual harassment and, uh, just harassment in general. And so people will say like, uh, we'll point to that. And I would say that, uh, it's a lot of just people talking. Hmm. This is a tough question, you know, for me to answer. See, that's the thing, because there's so many more examples. And, and like, I know some people would say that, like, that's because, like, the media is biased and everybody's, you know, being a liberal and blah, blah, blah. But I, I think that there are just as many funny conservative comedians as there are liberal ones. Ah, and, I, I think and I have comedians. Yeah, so comedians are able... I, I don't think comedians necessarily have to have a political bias. I think that they can just have a viewpoint, whether it be their own or their characters, and they can just present it as a joke. I think they're supposed to be a bit more removed um, when, when they're up on stage, and I don't think you have to say take everything that they say literally because it's a joke. Well, wait, are we talking about comedians or are we talking about late-night comedians, like late-night talk show hosts? Because I think well, those are two different things. Well, some of them go through the the industry to and stay um, like talk show host and kind of move up the rankings there. But some of them start off as stand up comedians and then get their own show and become a, a notable source of information for people. Um, like Trevor Noah was was a stand up comedian from South Africa who got picked to be the new host of the of the sorry um, the Daily Show, and so he was coming from outside of the system getting dropped in into a new country um with a a, with i would say a more cultured and uh world like more worldwide centric point of view rather than just american politics kind of point of view um you're saying so when he came from south africa yeah because he he had done a couple stand-up shows and still does stand-up comedy and puts out specials but he didn't start at the daily show and then take over he was straight up just a stand-up comedian with no real television uh, broadcasting experience and because of his um uh like stand-up and a connection with his audience i think those were the big factors in him taking over and because he had a very unique and interesting point of view that i think that john stewart felt like needed to be put out there on the daily show but you have people like Samantha B, like John Oliver, um, uh, like Stephen Colbert, who have all come through the Daily Show and they've come through that process and then gotten shows of their own. Uh, granted, some of them have started off with improv or stand-up backgrounds and came into that. But I think what I'm more interested in is is that comedic point of view rather than um, like a traditional just reading a teleprompter kind of point of view for the news not necessarily about not like i don't want you to focus on on just like the late night show aspect of it but focus more on why do people think funny and get smart news versus why do people read paper and get bad news i think i see your point and i'll go to someone who i think is hilarious who's a comedian who doesn't have his own show but had his own segment on the daily show and that it was Lewis Black. Oh, I hoped you were going to say that. Lewis Black, I've watched some of his comedy where he just, for him, he's not taking an issue um, and saying whether it's right or wrong, but he's he's talking, he's making fun of leaders and politicians for going about it in such a stupid way. And I think 
I think people in general, I think this is, I think this is where I'm going to take my, my stand here is that people in general don't care. You're, I'm being 100% honest is that, um, and I studied this in, in the college and the high school a little bit that people like generally people are in the middle A vast majority of people are in the middle. Some are a little conservative. Some are a little bit more liberal and then you have the extremes or the strong party supporters and uh, that they are the ones who are driving the conversations and i think you know you i would be more willing to trust a comedian to just joke around about this stuff that's a that's attractive this stuff like a majority of the decisions that are made don't really impact you directly so when we talk about trust um, you hear all these people, you know, on and media, traditional media, who who are screaming at the at the teleprompter, who are screaming at that camera, be like, "You should care about this." And some people really just buy into that. They, it's not. I'm not gonna say it's brainwashing, but it's more of like a like a hypnosis mm-hmm. uh, of like, "Oh my gosh!" Like, are you outraged about this statue? And it's like, "Yes, I am outraged about the statue." Or it might be like, are you outraged about this statue? They're tearing them down. You're like, oh my gosh, why are they tearing it down? Nah. Like, but a comedian would be like, who cares? It's just a statue. Look, you know, it's made out of copper. You can see it rusting. And they make fun of the thing. Or they might be like, oh no, we're taking it down. It's the worst thing in the world. They bring levity to it. And for someone who doesn't care about the immediate, in, uh, on the long-term impact, they're going to find that other person more appealing because no one's thinking about the long game everyone's thinking about the short game the satisfaction jokes do that to us i will admit like you know these late night show hosts that make jokes and do that to attack one side of the aisle it's like ha that's funny but you know that i i think i think that's what gets people it's not as dreary as the traditional media route uh and it's so then let me ask you this so would you say that um that the success of comedians in the news industry is direct re- directly related to the amount of tension that um, is pitted against each other in politics. Mm, no, because if, if because if you're saying that they're a source of levity, then without tension, there's no need for levity. And but if if there's both sides of the aisle attacking each other, and there's somebody from the outside looking in, able to draw the humor out of it to give people. Um, that bit of relaxation that I feel like a lot of people need after watching or hearing a lot of news because like there's so much going on in the world today that sometimes you just need that bit of escapism to get out of it and kind of get get it, get it out of your head for a moment. Um, but I guess would do, would you think that if there was a time of peace that there would be a need or, or as much of a need or desire for these comedians in media? I would say that comedy is bigger when it's peaceful because right now uh you know comedians have talked about it on podcasts comedians have brought it up that right now the you could there's the cancel culture and even though it seems like it's getting a little bit away from the political sphere it is the it's part of the political sphere it's part of the comedic sphere it's the cancel culture it's the times we live in right now where tension is so high that things can't be funny and this is the societal battle we have where they're People who are more like, oh, it's 2010, I'm going to put this out, haha, funny. And then 2020 catches up and punches this person on the face for Twitter, being like, you can't say that. It's 2020. What's wrong with you? And then people dogpile this person. I think comedy right now, with the political atmosphere, everything that's going on here in the United States, I think it's very tough. I, and even though I was younger in 2010, I would say that. You know, people aren't at each other's throats. I think comedy was much better back then. You could watch The Daily Show and you could watch, you know, The Colbert Report and have a laugh. And now if those those shows, I don't think do as well now, even though Trevor Noah is doing The Daily Show. um, It's just we're in a different we're in a different sphere where some it's it's to directly answer your, your question. I don't think I think that the tension that we have in this country, the specific type of tension is not good for comedy, even though I will say a lot of painful situations 
can be remedied or healed by comedy. You know, some people handle pain with comedy, you know, you know, you find out you're sick, you know, maybe you have, maybe you have cancer, maybe, maybe you have COVID and, you know, you might say a joke in front of your family. They'd be like, don't say, they'd be like, oh, it's, I'm just kidding. You know, you know, you say something terrible, you do that just to make yourself feel a little bit better. You know, there are real cases of that, you know, but I think this is totally different, John. I think this is worse off for comedy and i think that's why right now for someone like me i don't watch late night i don't watch all this stuff because the tension is so crazy that if i say like hey you know i think john oliver is really funny you know and i put that out on twitter which i'm not on twitter because i i, I see the effects with cancel culture people might lose their mind and bring up all these things that he did jimmy kimmel got in trouble for his past stuff you know it's crazy right now it's crazy and that stuff should be brought up but people are not willing to have conversations so you you would say that um that this kind of tension whether it be politics or just the news or anything has has permeated these comedians uh, and like the late night culture let's say so much that it's taken away from um like even just like the general levity of it all to make it so politically biased one way or the other that it's not it can't like so you feel like it can't be as funny because there has to be a bias in it i will answer your question by asking you a question (laughs) things compared to now compare now to five years ago and i want you not to take social justice in account for this because there are some things that are messed up socially that do need to be fixed but i want you to take your outlook on life being funny is it are do you feel like the world is funnier today or do you feel like in 2015 let's say you saw more funny things like which which time period do you think in your mind was funnier to you on the on the sense of like oh that's really really funny i'm getting some joy from this I mean, I, I think that because of social media and the accessibility of it all, and just like the general sharing of memes and whatever, that uh, that you can that anyone can bring levity to a situation or can can put a funny spin on something that um, that wasn't necessarily as accessible before um, when there were limitations to social media. So in that sense. I think that nowadays it's a bit funnier in general. Um, like I, I don't want to like think about like specific iconic comedians or anything when I when I think about that. I'm just thinking like in general. Um, but I I think that back then, like let's say like 2014, 2013, even before like when there's not there's not as much political stuff going on. It's just comedians being funny, just the world as it is. Um, I, I personally think that like they comedians, if they were to, if they were in this kind of type of position where they had to, or they were, they had a job where they presented the news, like the daily show, like Colbert report or something, they would bring tension into it. Cause I think comedians are all about, um, control of tension and release. And so, whereas now there's a lot more just natural tension everywhere, I think prior to this there was a lot more tension injected into situations um uh what is it called artificially to then let them bring the levity out of things um because they they might bring out like the idea or like a a topic in general that maybe the world wasn't aware of them maybe there was a, a certain um uh event going on in the middle east or in europe somewhere that they happen to have a particular take on they they would introduce it in a way that gave it tension that put the audience on edge to then flip it and um present it in a new way that brought about a little bit of levity so i i think it's it's about the source of the tension first of all whether it be from them artificially or naturally from our surroundings um but i i I would say that nowadays it's it's more about reacting to the tension from politics. I think that's definitely permeated 
every type of um every part of the entertainment industry i don't know man like i do you you find yourself laughing more in 2020 or more in 2015 i i would say i find myself laughing well and see that's the thing too man like you gotta like i'm thinking about where my head was at five years ago and what i thought was funny back then i mean i would like to think that i've my sense of humor has grown a bit and it's not so uh immature or like well well people grow and it's context for everything but i'm just saying like maybe maybe it's an age thing but i feel like for me five years ago i was laughing at more stuff that was happening in the world or the things weren't as serious and i don't mean that in the sense that like there weren't serious things going on around i just felt like the things that were going on in 2015 weren't the end of the world whereas today everything is framed like it's the end of the world and that's why i say like for me i'm gonna say like 20 in 2015 i thought i think i'm finding more joy and laughter and things that are happening than what's going on today with society and i mean society in general like people are making fun of the jersey shore five years ago ha 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 you know because it's ridiculous it's fake tv people are making fun of certain things in television people are making fun of things that people post you know of them and their their crazy wedding or wearing like weird all this stuff. people just ingest laughing at stuff whereas today i feel like if you do laugh at something that you see on the internet it's it's hijacked as being political or it's hijacked as cultural appropriations or something like that where you know i saw a comment about something where someone was says and it was when i was watching this the the podcast between ben shapiro and joe rogan on joe rogan's podcast and ben shapiro for those who don't know is a very 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 conservative voice uh in in media and and the conversation i don't agree with him on a lot of points but i was able to listen to him and joe rogan about go back and forth and i you know they were talking about racism and racism in this country you could go check it out it is two people on two different sides of the coin but they agree on on certain things and they're able to talk it out like until like like nor like human beings who aren't at each other's throat it's it, it was nice to listen to but i remember reading something in the comments about you know someone who who is a minority saying one of the most annoying things is when you know white people take the most mundane thing and they change it because it because of cultural appropriations and that mundane thing could be like you know like hey there you know th- in particular this person was asian and he says like you don't have to change like you don't have to st- stop saying chinese food because you want it to be like some like it's asian fusion special blah 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 or like you want to change the name of, of of a particular product because of cultural appropriations and then you take a victory lap they said that 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 shit is annoying and they and they brought it up with trader joe's where trader joe's has a can of beans and apparently they thought it was offensive because it's called trade it's trader joe's but on the beans that they had at trader joe's it's called trader jose's like it was like a mexican bean or a chili bean and they called it trader jose's instead of just trader joe's brand and i guess people got up in arms and the person in this comment who doesn't represent everyone but i found it interesting that they're saying like why is everyone taking a victory victory lap for the dumbest thing uh and i think that's that's where I don't know why it went that way because we're talking about comedy and, <laughs> and things, but like, it's it everything is politicized. Why are these beans being politicized? This person who's a minority is like, why? And me as a Lat, me who is half Hispanic, who's who's like my mother did not speak English when she came to this country, you know, and you know even her she would look at that. I know my mother and she would look at that and be like, that is the dumbest thing ever. Why are you changing? Like Trader Joe's, you call it Trader Jose. Oh, that's funny. That's what we do. Like in in Latin culture, like guess what, John, uh, John in in like in in Mexico and in, in freaking Chile and Argentina and Colombia, you would not be John. You'd be Juan. Yeah. Though is that the end of the world? No. I like if we start calling you Juan, you're like, hey man, just call me John and be like okay in our culture it's called Juan that's the translation but I get you blah 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 so it's fine we'll call you John 
who is advocating for this stuff? I, I can't believe that this can of beans is causing uproar and people are taking a victory lap for it. This is the world we live in today. And that's why that's why it's like you could look, go to the grocery store and be like, oh, that's clever and kind of funny. And someone would be like, it's cultural appropriations. It's fucking beans. <laughs> and that's, I don't mean to get excited over it. I just think like, let's have a conversation about it. And as someone who might be considered half minority, I'm half white. I do look at a lot of these things and it's just like, maybe, maybe the reason why people are so frustrated and the tensions are so high is because people aren't listening. And then one side just gets so infuriated, you just make a snap decision. You know? Great. That, like, I didn't mean to open up the can of worms about the can of beans. I was waiting for it. But I, I do think that because of all of that tension personally i've been more drawn to seeking out like stand-up specials and watching comedians on youtube and finding funny clips like that because there is more of a need in my, like at least for me personally there's a more more of a need to have that release for the tension um whereas i don't think i had that desire five years ago um not to say like i didn't enjoy th- those types of things as much five years ago but I would say that there is more of like an inherent drive for me to seek out comedy nowadays. But that's Um, a reaction. My question for you is, you know, you're talking about this is a like you're seeking out comedy now because the like tension is so high. You're just like, I need this. Do you think you were like more comedic stuff came naturally? You weren't seeking out and that's what made it like different in 2015. Like, do you think the seeking out of comedy that you have because of the tension do you think do you think there's an issue with that no and i mean i i i don't think there's any kind of issue i think it's just or i I think you're right i think it's like a reaction to what's going on around me um and how i'm perceiving it or, or taking it all in but um i i just like i said like i don't think there was as much of that drive not to say like it wasn't there or like the the supply and demand of it has changed um, necessarily since 2015. But for me personally, I would say that um, my tastes have, have changed to where I am more drawn to it. Um, and I, I tend to seek that stuff out more because I think in general with entertainment, people seek escapism. They want to get out of their daily routine, their daily lives for a moment and just kind of be taken into another another place even just momentarily Mm. and i think comedians can bring that escapism because like like you and i talk about marvel and dc movies all the time oh yeah and that that is so like that type of fiction and fantasy is so escapist where i look to like my favorite superhero iron man and i think man that would be so awesome and like i envision myself in that type of world and and i think the audience does the same thing where like they put themselves in that universe um and they they want to seek that um that escape is that that levity from what they're dealing with in their day-to-day lives and to kind of bring it all back around i i think that entertainers and comedians specifically are able to bring that escapism um even just for a moment even just for the length of a joke that takes people out of their day-to-day perspective and gives them something else to think about for a moment. Whereas I think with with new like traditional news, you are just so bombarded with the same perspective and the same um, mentality over and over again. Even if you switch up the news sources, like it all comes back to the same thing. Like the world today sucks, everything sucks, and COVID's gonna just take over everything. Everything's gonna get shut down again. And so I think people look for the humor um when there is more tension in the world and i like i i see the the excellence that was had at the daily show 10 years ago um but i i don't see the same type of relevance that i do with it today where um Mm. uh john stewart i think was the pioneer for that type of industry that that has then branched out into all these other people but I think it's cre- it's created a need or like a draw for a lot of people um, to have this type of of, of outlet where um, uh, where he 
I don't know, like, like we're, he's just, pre- he's presenting the same news, but in an interesting way that gives you that sense of levity, that sense of escapism that we're not able to have with traditional news. Yeah, because on traditional news, you can't like look at, you can't, you can't look at a, like and a reporter can't go up to someone and them talk it out. And that, and that person who's, who's being interviewed talked shit about their other colleagues, like, but in a more vulgar way, you know, they'd be like, well, the Democrats or the Republicans are doing this and we don't agree. We think it's wrong, blah, blah, blah. When it comes to like comedy, like these shows, they'd be like making fun of them. Like they would be saying that bears and they bring up like that was Stephen Colbert thing was talking about bears or like this person looks like they could wrestle one of these man eating beasts and they wouldn't be wrong because that mustache says it all. They're making fun of them or something along those lines. I totally get it. But I actually want to circle back to something to 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 something with Jon Stewart where he left the show because the news like he he talked about it once again on a Joe Rogan podcast about how you can only talk of like the election cycle is draining. Mm-hmm. It's awful. It is like a it's a dark it's a it's a thing that just takes so much out of you. And that's what he's talking about where it, it was it was not fun anymore where, you know, after you do it for so long, he'd been doing it for a long time that and it, it gets worse and worse and worse when it comes to like the political election bullshit. And it's so bad that even the person who I talked about, I watched Philip DeFranco's show, which covers like me, like the news, the real news. And it also covers like social social media news or like industry, like uh entertainment news there we go entertainment and real news so he covers both and he put something out i think a month ago where he's like hey just a heads up to my audience the show is going to change at the end of the year you know just because i need and he's taken a couple of breaks in the past year where he's just like i just need this for my mental health like with all this stuff going on i need to take the the last two days of this week off like this i I can't imagine this happening in like the 1970s or 1980s for a late night show host. Does that, does that make sense? Like, what do you, what do you gather from, from that trend of people with news and people who are covering it? No, I definitely agree that today it's more draining on those people that have to process the information and spew it back out in an, in an entertaining way. But that's where I think, the industry has had more um more demand on it where whereas like i mean like there was watergate and with nixon there's like there's always some kind of controversy in the world or in politics that's happening but i would say that um that when when the when comedians are able to make it more digestible and are able to present it in a way that people understand a bit more clearly um, uh, I would say that like, okay, now I'm just backtracking a little bit. Um, <laughs> see, I'm, yeah, I think America is just a weird place where I, I just think we're different than the rest of the world, which is true. And the rest of the world is different from us. Different countries are different than the rest of the world. But I, I think the obsession here with news the obsession with somebody to tell us you know you know what like what's going on in the world or to say like please make it funny please make it funny get on you get on your knees you're like for the love of god make this funny i i think it's a dangerous trend not on the industry's fault i think it's a trend of just what's going on in the world and that's the scary thing i'm not saying like people seeking comedy in this crazy time is a bad thing. I'm not saying that's bad at all. Mm -hmm. If anything, if that's the way you need to balance out your life, please seek out comedy. Please seek out these late night talk show hosts. If it's draining you, I had to get off Facebook because, uh, not, not that I have my account down, but I just don't check Facebook anymore because the stuff that's going on is just so heartbreaking. It's so hard to process that because I'm thinking all the time, but you know, and because I'm able to get away, I have a lot more freedom to think about different things, to play my video games, get my escapism, John. Yeah. 
but I'm not I'm not uh, naive enough to to not recognize the trend that is going on with this. If everyone's trying to escape, if everyone's trying to get it, uh, trying to get to the more levity of things, you know, on purpose instead of naturally, that is a trend of, oh, my God, our world is falling apart and we can't focus on it because it is so divisive it is so bad right now between leaders and that's what gets me so like uh, like i said in the beginning i don't blame people for trying to go to the these comedians i don't blame people for going to late night talk show hosts i don't blame people for going to the internet for their news going to the internet personalities whether it's left right or i don't know you're talking to a juice blender if you're doing that to get your news it's probably better anyways in this country but I think that trend should be a wake-up call, and that's the part that has me scared. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I definitely think you're right. Like, when there, if you're right, like if there is more of a need to seek out levity, then that's probably a sign of something else going horribly wrong. And I, I definitely think there's a lot going horribly wrong in the world right now, which has probably prompted a bit more of that drive in me. But um, yeah, I, I just, I've thought that it's really interesting that there seem to be so many more sources of news with comedians at the helm and that like just the interest, industry itself has changed quite a bit over even just the last 10 years. Because um, I would say before you had just like maybe a handful of, of these types of, of news sources. Like, I think you had, like, uh, was it the weekly update at Saturday Night Live? You had the Daily Show. Um, uh, you had, I mean, like, the traditional, like, late-night hosts. But even, the, it was a very different you format You had then. people like Craig, Craig Ferguson. You had people like yeah. uh, uh, David Letterman. Yeah. Uh, Jay Conan Leno. Conan has been around for a long time. Uh, yeah, Jay Leno. Uh, you could even talk about um, Carson. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that in that time, they didn't talk about like the world. The world was different in the sense that it was less connected. So people got connected by looking at these people and they'd be like, you would talk about the day to day operations because that's what people know. Now everyone knows everything because of how information goes. So when you shed light on this stuff, it's like. It's like, oh my god, this is the thing that's dominating the conversation. Like, imagine imagine if it was not politicized, and I'm not saying it's a fault, but like, if the content on late night show hosts is just coronavirus, but they're making fun of coronavirus. Coronavirus does this, coronavirus does that. Who the heck knows? Coronavirus might give you a third leg. You know, kind of like those jokes on different drug brands but instead we get them talking about responses to coronavirus from leaders because it is ridiculous where people like wear a mask don't wear a mask we're not making fun of coronavirus we're making fun of the leaders who are talking about coronavirus we're making fun of the responses of this coronavirus this thing that can be deadly to a certain population and even could have long-term effects for the rest of your life even if you're healthy that it's it's the change in what we're talking about it's the change in what's people's uh day-to-day lives this is why i do escapism on video games guess what my video games ain't ain't telling me go register to vote thank fucking god (laughs) but like i see some of these comedians some of these hosts and i don't blame them i'm not getting mad at them i'm not gonna shame them they're like please if you want change go vote it's true but you know when's the last time what like one in a million years if i were to take someone from 40 years ago being like hey do you ever think like late night show hosts will ever tell you hey go vote but when they say it they mean like shit's hitting the fan and you need to go vote for your for things to change they'd probably be like no my late night show host talks about rodney dangerfield and how he thought he was not funny on caddyshack because no one laughed at his jokes but that was because they had to be professional when you're shooting a movie which is true he thought he was doing a terrible job on set and they're like no it's really really funny he's like well how come no one's laughing he's like because we can't laugh this is a movie this is caddyshack we're on a movie set rodney and he actually is the funniest part of that movie oh yeah 
Oh yeah. See, this is this is kind of what I was hoping for. Just this whole good back and forth. Because um, I like I, I've always thought about, especially, especially after John Stewart left The Daily Show, but even before that, of just this like amped up need for um, for comedy to be injected in uh, just like everyday news stories. And I, I think um, just specifically speaking about like um, uh, last week tonight with John Oliver, I think that he does a really great job of prevent, presenting topics that are kind of on the margins that aren't really talked about in, in mainstream society, but presenting them in such an interesting way that people start taking notice and it brings awareness and advocation to a lot of different topics that need it. Um, mm, I agree with that. I do think that a lot of times it's it's easy to fall back on the same beats about making fun of politicians or or very specific events for long periods of time, and that can start to kind of wear you down a little bit. And I like I, I watch the amount of gray hair that John Oliver has has gotten over the years, <laughs> and I can't imagine what it does to people like that that have to just sit in that day after day after day and try to think about the levity in a situation that the rest of the world just sees darkness in. And I mean, I, I applaud John Stewart for getting out and being able to do that and have a successful career after the fact. Um, he's gone on to be a great director. I've seen Rosewater and that was phenomenal. Um, I really want to see this next movie with, with Steve Carell that he just did. Uh, but I, it, I, the industry just has, has changed so much over the last decade. Um, that it, it makes me wonder whether YouTube stars are going to be the next major source of news that's trusted by the youth or the world in general. And maybe we just need that personal connection that we sometimes don't have with with national news outlets that we do with comedians because we can go see them live. We can go build somewhat of a, of, of a, like a superficial connection with them. Um, it's... It's just interesting to think about and kind of and ponder how entertainment and news industries are going to pivot or turn over the next decade. Oh, gosh, I don't want to think about it. (laughs) Well, let me ask you this. When it comes to do you think this issue is more American? I I don't want to say it's an issue because we're definitely just having a conversation about this stuff. But do you think the issues that the United States faces within its leadership, politics, all that stuff, and how it how it's portrayed by media and how people are trying to escape it all the time? Do you think it's a similar situation in other countries around the world? No, I don't, because I like I think about like Great Britain and um, like the BBC News Network. And that, excuse me, that is one of the most trusted sources of news in the world, because that it's not, it's not corrupted by capitalism and uh, greed and trying to put stuff out for um, for like viewership or likes or shares or comments or anything. It's not trying to get engagement from its audience and um, trying to stir up a response from people. It's it's presenting the news in the most trusted way that it can and the most accurate way that it can. And people respect it and they trust it. And some, some people don't, but I, I will say, I agree with you that compared to American media. Yes. It's on the way whole, more trusted. Absolutely. And like, I definitely think that it, this is a problem in other countries, but I think there are plenty of examples where there is an unbiased news outlet or a, the AP, <laughs> exactly. Associated like, Press, baby. I will, and and there are plenty of examples that you could list of of like state led news uh, organizations that have a very tight grip on what types of information gets out to its people, and that's a whole other thing. But <laughs> yeah. I I would say that we are not in the norm of of media versus public relations i would say we are definitely on one of the outliers of we want to put a spin on everything we want to make it all interesting and sexy and we want to put um put so much of a of a spin on it that it's almost unrecognizable from the truth and i'm not saying like that happens in every single situation but 
um, a lot of the time, the more of the focus is put on entertainment than it is on accuracy. Um, and I think we, I think we just in general need to get back on that accuracy track, even if it's boring, even if it's not sexy or fun, it's, it's the truth. Um, and I think if we focus more on that, then comedians can kind of take their foot off the gas so much and can start looking at the world from a different perspective again, like they did before. So where we're, they're not just in survival mode and fight or flight mode of trying to like having to bring levity to situations, they can flourish more and start seeing a broader scope of ideas and situations that I think were probably more highly focused on 20 years ago. Yeah, totally. I, I, it's one of those funny things that, you know, you bring up like the facts and I watch, you know, there is a Fox news television, uh, in the house that I'm in. I don't watch Fox news, but, uh, and this is just an example. It happens on MSNBC, and I'll give you an example of that, too. For for the non-American audience that might listen to this and has no idea what we're talking about, but maybe you feel some sense of this in your own country. But, you know, I watched, you know, a show host, Tucker Carlson, frame things, but, like, you know, if we talk about police, he might be like, but aren't the police supposed to protect us? This is called framing. So what happens when you get rid of police? What happens when you defund them? Well, law and order no longer exists, which means your business can be hijacked, which means you could have someone breaking in. You can have someone with a gun to your head, and no one's going to come and get you because they're defunded. These are the things that are facing the country. Now, that phrase, what he said, is technically true. But in context... It's totally different than what the other side of the aisle is proposing to defund the police. And the problem is, is it's fear-mongering. You can frame anything. John, uh, for example, Rachel Maddow of MSNBC, I think this was, was 2017, when people really, you know, hated Trump when he first got in, and now they really hate him on that side of the aisle, and she was talking about, we've got it. We've got it. We've got we've got the we have Trump's tax returns for you folks. We have them today. They're in my hand, and I'll tell you, it's crazy, it's in, insane. The stuff that is on here. Please stick with us. And I was like, "All right, Rachel, you've got my attention." She never. There was nothing. There's nothing. There's no. There's no tax returns. There's no numbers. There's nothing like that. You know, it's just to get clicks. It's just to get people in your frame of mind. It's just like, can you believe this person? who makes all this money or not even exact numbers, but bringing up like all the businesses they have. It was like, it's the, it's, it's the corruption to get to the top politics in general in this country. For those who are not caring or do not care, or maybe you're on both sides of the aisle in extreme cases. Guess what? There's corruption on both sides. There's corruption to get to the top. That's why the smartest people in the world are not, <laughs> are not the ones running your country. Let's just be honest. It's not fulfilling. You know, it's not the same because there are people who are opposing you at every moment. You know, we can't have a bunch of uh, Alexander Hamiltons out on the street doing their thing. No, that's, you know, the world is very different. And this has been around for thousands of years. People have killed to get to places of power. People have made sweeping changes. Then the next day they're dead and all of their statues are gone. It happened in egypt all the time when a pharaoh died they would get rid of everything every picture of themselves depending on how much they hated that that person that pharaoh and they would completely put up their own statues this is not a new thing but i think in today's day and age it's hitting a boiling point that can have general repercussions because you know a lot of countries have nuclear warheads and that's the thing that concerns me yeah <laughs> it's kind of like giving a nine-year-old a real gun and be like, you got to be responsible. But then they're looking at the television. People are just shooting each other left and right. And it's like, you know, it's not going to end well. Not that I'm <laughs> not that I'm saying you can't give a nine year old a gun and they and they they can't be responsible with. It. That's not what I'm saying. 
there are some nine-year-olds, like some people know how to teach that really well. And then some people are just stupid and they just don't give a damn. And people, people end up dying because of this. People start fear-mongering. Rachel Maddow doesn't have tax returns. Tucker Carlson is framing the thing to make you scared. And guess what? I do not care what Obama's kids are having for freaking lunch when CNN is reporting it in 2012. I could care less. I don't care what Mala... Uh, oh, no, I forgot their names. That's how much I don't care. Why are you telling me what they're having in school for school lunch? Tell me what's going on in the world. Tell me the facts. This Sasha is why Malia. People... Oh, yeah. Sasha and Malia? <laughs> yeah. This is why the world... This is why we as Americans don't trust our news outlets. It's just... It's stupid. Any reasonable person could see this is just so bogus. I wish it was like Britain where we were in, where there's a parliament and they have to talk dirty to each other. They can say whatever they want. They go, that's how they dissent. They make those noises like a bunch of people from the 16th century. Seriously. And then you could be as snarky and clever and mean to another person, but you have to start out your sentence with my honorable friend. My honorable friend, you are quite the twat. Yes, bring it, please. <laughs> this is not the world. This is the the uh, the. This is across the pond. This is the level of reality they live in. And here in the United States, we're just blowing each other up with stupid shit. Yeah, that is my rant, John. What do you think? What do you think? No, I mean, I'm just gonna tie it up with one last thought here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> gonna close this out no i mean i there is it's it's just it's frustrating when there's so much bias on everything and you know that there's bias and the bias gets biased and it just is like a never-ending cycle of bias um it's it's hard to know what is what's the truth and what's real and what's just an opinion from somebody's blog that they wrote 10 years ago with misinformation um a lot of people fall for that kind of stuff, but it's, I, I think it's just a matter of finding what you like reliable information that's consistent, um, that's as unbiased as possible. And I, I think people have sought that through comedy because comedy tends to kind of see through a lot of that stuff and can cut out the bias and everything and just get to the heart of, of the issue um, and I, I think that's what makes it appealing to a lot of people, uh, especially from, from these late night hosts and from comedy reporting in general is that it, it not only just brings like the levity to the situation, but it, it doesn't feel a lot of times like it's like on the offensive. Um, it can just, it can just enjoy the moment for what it is and dwell on that for a moment and then get out. And I think ideally that's what it should be. Um, it shouldn't just be about attacking one side or the other. It should just be trying to find a little bit of levity just to kind of get an escape from your day-to-day life. And then you can walk right back into it refreshed. Um, but I don't know, man, like I, it's frustrating to think about too much. So I think we're going to end it here. We're going to just let it be, let it rest. We need Um, to escape. We've, we've left it in the oven too long. We need to let the steak rest. So thank you guys for joining us. We will be back next week and I hope you have a great one. Bye guys.